All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is hour one of episode 421. Jason Lingren is with me and Karen. This is Legal Ideas. Once again, we're going to jump in in hour one talking to Karen about the prowess she has developed coming basically from a mother, just a normal person like all of us, to a person who knows how to stand her ground and do the legal things that are required uh, when people don't want to cooperate. And from what I understand, she's batting a thousand. I think we're going to open up with what got her started, which was medical issues where, you know, everyone's familiar with it. You walk into a hospital and all of a sudden your rights evaporate and they do what they want. But anyhow, welcome, Jason. Oh, and a very hot afternoon it is. Okay, let's jump in and do this. Uh, Welcome, Karen. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for welcoming me. Hello, Crow. Hello, Jason and Rose. Uh, It's nice to have you here. You're very well spoken. And correct me if I'm wrong, Rose informed me that you're batting a thousand right now with the endeavors you have been involved in. So far, so good. Yes, I've been very, very fortunate that all those who I've helped to date, I've not had a single affidavit or a single accommodation refused by either an employer, a school, or whatever it was. So that's that's been a big blessing. And I, I think it's because, you know, I'm stubborn and no never means no. There's there's always a way around it. All right. So before we jump in here, uh, I'm going to make a point that I always try to make. The time has come when we all need to support each other. Division should be viewed as the enemy of everyone right now. It does not matter if you think the earth is round or if you think the earth is flat or any other thing in this world, it does not matter. Everyone has the right to accept what they choose to accept. It's the conversation that happens between people, which moves things forward in a positive way, which is going to happen in this conversation. One of the bullet points that Karen gave to me is a key point. Not everybody is an Alphonse. Not everyone's going to pick up the Louisville slugger and hit it out of the park. People are going to need help. And once they get up and running and learn how to go up to bat, maybe over time, they, they need less help. But these are key, key points. So, Karen, let's jump in. It sounds to me like you were living your life as a, an average person, as we all do. And then the medical system started to step on your rights. Let's pick up right there, if you can. Yes, yes, that's, that's very true. And um, what happened was my youngest, who was, this was right before he was about 10 years old, maybe eight or nine, had this medical issue that came up, he was in severe pain. And he just one day never went back to school. I mean, a day turned into a week, turned into a month, turned into a half a year, turned into a five-year nightmare. So um, I eventually wound up rolling through 35 doctors in 24 months to get answers. Um, as with the affidavits and all the legal stuff, for me, no, never means no. It just means no right now. So if you know one doctor couldn't help me, I went to another one, and it it took two and a half years to get answers, and then it was another good three years before I would call what life was normal. Um, but even back then, there was a lot of medical tyranny, and you know hospitals, if they don't agree with your uh, treatment, uh, what you're willing to do for treatment, or if you're declining certain kinds of treatments, especially when you have a child. So for those of you guys who have little kiddos or younger kids, even if they're of age, um, 
they'll actually bring in CPS or uh, a guard or something and try to usurp your rights. So um, I've, I've had numerous people in the support groups I belong to for my son's autoimmune condition have had their kids medically kidnapped. And um, it almost happened to us one day. You know, I, I noticed she went to go talk to someone and they walked off to see security. And since my son was in a wheelchair, I wheeled my little butt right over to the elevator and got in that thing and hightailed it out of there before anything bad could happen. So um, that sort of instilled in me the fact that, hmm, you know, I'm sure we have rights. I don't know what those rights are. And I heard the horror story. So I started studying to, to educate myself so I would know what rights I do have as a parent, a child, you know, my child is my child and it's not their property and they can't make me do something that we don't want to do. And that, that sort of slowly started the seed of what eventually blossomed into what I'm doing now. All right. So let's, that probably should have done this at the very opening. We're in hour one. If you give out contact information in hour one that goes out all over the world, because we can, you can be overwhelmed. Would you like to simply give websites or groups that you're a part of, or would you like to give full contact information? Well, I mean, I, I set up an, an email since we we're going to be doing this and I didn't know what to expect, whether it's somebody who needs help on, you know, medical advocacy front or the affidavits or legal front. So I did do a um, email, which um, is crow show at Gmail and crow is C double R O W show at Gmail. So there's a contact email that was set up specifically for what we're getting into here. And this goes out to everybody who would like help. It should be noted that Karen had to do so much and change up her life to learn at such a level that this is what she's doing now. And when I said she was batting a thousand, she has helped a lot of people and she is still batting a thousand. Is there any other contact places you want to cite groups, websites, anything? Not right now. I mean, you know, there's the autoimmune, everyone belongs to different support groups. So it, there's so many different people, so many different issues. I, I don't even think that that would be of any help to anybody right now. All right. So where do we pick up here? You're having to take your son into a system, which is trying to demand things of you that you don't want. So I'm guessing you start to educate yourself. Right. And it was very frustrating because, you know, legalese is very difficult. So I, I had a little bit of knowledge that I found and I dug into and, and sort of would keep in my back pocket. Luckily, I didn't have to draw on that very often because, you know, like I'm literally, I'm nobody special. Um, I'm an immigrant and um, I appreciate the freedoms this country has to offer. So I never take that for granted. And because I live by certain guiding principles and I carry myself as such, I think maybe that's why I've always been so successful, whether it was with my son during that time or during, you know, the crazy times we're in now. And um, as you were saying, Crow, I mean, some, some people, they don't have the luxury of being able to put in so much time and effort. And it's really, I'm a product of everything that I've had to live through from when we came here as immigrants, from when my son first got sick, from everything I learned from then until now. So, you know, not everyone's going to agree on what procedures to use or, you know, as, as you always say, Crow, there, there's more than one way to skin a cat and we should all support each other um, because when we raise up one person, we raise up everyone. And yes, there are different ways to approach things, but um, not everyone has the luxury of being able to stand in their truth and just keep to their principles. Sometimes people need help 
And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a one woman army, but there's many more like me. If you look at the telegram groups, even just the jurisdictionary group or the legal study group, Alphonse's group, Brandon's group, the bears, there's, there's a lot of, um, communities out there that whatever your situation, you know, you, you can find help. And if you do put time into it, you too can be successful because this does work. You just have to apply the knowledge. Where did you really begin to pick up uh, the things that you were going to end up employing to hold your ground, to lay down your rights and then defend them? Where were the places that got you off the ground? Well, interestingly enough, it all sort of started, like I said, with my son's medical crisis. And he was bedridden for two and a half years. So, I mean, his pain level was eight to 10 on a daily basis. And because he was so young, we couldn't really give him anything. It was horrible. So once I started educating myself on rights, towards the tail end of of his medical drama that we were coming out of, um, I had discovered Brandon, um, the big sip. So, and at that time, Brandon was just doing a religious study group on his YouTube channel. And my faith in, in our creator is what got me through all of this. It actually helped me find all the answers. And so, you know, I became part of that study group. And interestingly enough, um, it was what I would call synchronicity. Brandon's journey after a while sort of evolved much in the same way that mine did. It went more away from, you know, straight up biblical scriptural stuff um, to the encoding of everything to legalities. And I know those are two different things, but he really was on that path. And so was I. So I started learning a lot from Brandon and his process and what he was doing. And, um, you know, fast forward to all the crazy COVID stuff that really came in handy. Um, but then Ucro had Alphonse on and that sort of opened Pandora's box of more legal knowledge. So, you know, um, I'm sure I'm leaving plenty off, but I, I learned from Brandon. I learned from Alphonse and KL and Kallenbach and Randy and so many more that you've had on. And it's, it's a process. This isn't something that you can learn from one day to another. But as with anything, because there is such a large community out there and um, everyone has so much to offer, I would say we all specialize in different things. So my particular lane is affidavits and cease and desists and notices of liability for um, people who have employment issues or um, other issues. And um, that's my lane. There's others who are really good at the court stuff. And um, just like with any specialty, there's, there's different people who do different things. So um, anyone who claims that they know it all, and, and I'm not including Randy and, and, and Alphonse in that because, I mean, they're, they're legends, even Brandon. Um, but, like, I'm, I'm good at, at this. And doing religious accommodations exemptions is one of the main things I do. I do a lot more than that. Um, but I've helped blue-collar, white-collar, doctors, surgeons, nurses, border agents. And to get to that point takes a lot of work. So those who need help, you know, you can reach out to any of us in the Telegram groups. There's somebody who's always willing to help, but some people don't want to put the time in. And, and here's where the rub is. It's, there's never like an easy fix. You have to know what you're doing. So yes, you can reach out to someone for help. But if you're trying to go at this alone, 
you really do have to educate yourself because I talked about this in one of the study groups that we had for the jurisdictionary. People who just come in and they just want to download a document from, from a group, from a file. Um, that's If you don't know what you're doing, it's like giving a toddler a live chainsaw. That's that, that's going to end horrifically. So you, you know, either ask for help or edify yourself. This, you know, before I hand this over to Jason for a moment, I'm going to make a point. As Jason and I got going on the legal ideas way back now, we ran into problems. You know, one of the first problems was that people were infighting. Well, I do it this way and you do it that way. Another thing we noticed is that some of the groups had been so overrun that everybody seeing a new person come in, uh, it's like we've seen this all the, a thousand times. We've already done this a hundred times and the help was not always forthcoming. And so I would point out that any person, that anyone who has educated themselves up to a level that you help, if they win, that's a win for you. And the reason that is true is because right now rights are being trampled. That is the norm. When someone wins and then enough people win, that has the potential to become a norm. And then all this fighting can back off or maybe just become the, the way we live now. But the point I would make is the divisive attitudes was a huge problem for Jason and I. We did a couple things. Since we are not legal experts, we had to devise a way of what we were going to cover. So what we did is we figured if something had worked successfully and it could be replicated, we would cover it. But Jason, it was not too long ago, we covered something and we got an email about a week later proving that what we had been told was incorrect because a law had been found that proves it's incorrect. So what I'm telling you is working all together is better. Even if you don't agree, it's better. And if someone gets proven long, wrong because someone digs up a 50-year-old law, then that's a learning experience. It should not be a reason to fight. But Jason, what would you add? Well, here's the thing. If we're fighting amongst ourselves, who's fighting the uh, bad guys doing all this stuff to us? Do you see how absolutely ridiculously stupid it is for us to have any sort of disagreements amongst ourselves? If there's a problem with something, we discuss it like adults, and we fix it, and we carry on fighting the bad guys. Work it out. Work it out. All right. So, Jason, I think we need to start to get into the nuts and bolts of how Karen first began to stand up to deal with the situation she found herself in the medical community. Like, like I told you initially, like I, I work off of my guiding principles. And for me, fear is just a lack of knowledge. And once you surpass that, it's amazing. Like the, the people who I help, because my mission is always to, whether for myself, my family, and, or those people who I help and work with, um, it's to empower and edify those who, who contact me. And a lot of people are just, they're enslaved by thinking that they're powerless. They blindly follow what they're told to do. And once they realize that they're the ones who actually hold all the cards, there's a palpable shift. Like once people are edified and realize they are the ones with the power, it, it's, it's interesting to, to hear it in their voices and, and see the shift in, in mannerisms. So, you know, not their tyrannical employers or whom, whomever they're having an issue with. And there's a shift in both attitude and empowerment. And that, I think, it's like throwing a pebble in the water. It has a ripple effect. You know, it affects them, then it affects everyone who they come in contact with. Because this isn't just a spiritual war. It's, it's also a mental one. 
you know, and I've been blessed to have been able to help many men and women overcome fear and that frees them from the system that's, you know, it's both broken and overreaching. So, you know, mine started when my son was really sick and, and I saw um, just how broken the medical system was. And there are a lot of great doctors out there. So I never like to use just a blanket analogy or just peg someone in a corner. But I will tell you, it took me 35 doctors in 24 months to figure out what was wrong with my son. And they only throw medicine at you. So I have a page eight and a half by 11, single spaced, two-sided of all these medications they tried to throw at him to solve this. And now mind you, he was nine years old when all of this started. So um, I learned quickly that um, yes, you may have a degree, but that doesn't necessarily make you intelligent. Um, You studied really hard to get to where you are in your specialty, but again, there's always other options. So, you know, the one doctor who I respected greatly was one at the children's hospital who looked at me and he said, you know, I've run all the tests I can run. I don't know where to go with this. So I looked at him, I said, thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. I'm on to the next one. And there's, you know, there's tips and tricks to get into a lot of these these doctors, because sometimes you'll get like a six month wait time before you can get an appointment. Well, well, I've learned how to circumvent that as well. But the more doctors I saw, there was a lot of openings for me possibly losing my son because a lot of them were very adamant. So like I said, for me, it started slow. It started with Brandon. It started with Alphonse and just listening to all the the recordings and taking notes, like I would listen over and over and over again and make notes. And so you don't have to know it all, just like a doctor, a surgeon, a shyster attorney, they don't know it all. They're all compartmentalized. And I don't know, Crow, if it was you or who it was, they call them compartmentalized idiots. And I really like that because they're good in, in, in their little section of what they do. So as with the infighting, I'm tying it into that, there's more than one way to do this. And I admire those who can just say, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to let them know what laws are breaking and I'm just going to hold my position. But not everybody can do that. So that's where when I first started, I started small. And if people would like to try the process or edify themselves, or even if they need help and they reach out, the very first thing I ever had to do after, you know, I kind of secured my, my son's, my young son's rights and my rights as a parent was years later, fast forward past all the medical stuff, he's at university and they make the kids live on campus. Well, we, we don't believe in debt. And so our kids live at home and um, I had to send a cease and desist to the dean of students because they were making him quote unquote, requiring him to live on campus. Corporate policy, right? We're saying there was a corporate policy that they were treating as gospel law. Correct. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, I don't recall my son giving you power of attorney, giving up all his rights so you can tell him what to do and where to live. And um, so it initially started with him replying to the dean of students saying, thank you for, you know, your offer of, of residency for my sophomore year, but I have a medical condition. I have celiac. I live at home. Um, you know, I won't be needing housing. And she came back and wrote, you must meet with me to discuss this and to discuss your concerns. And um, 
at this point, I got involved. I took over the email and I wrote, dear Dean so-and-so, this is Karen such-and-such, and I'm taking over this conversation. Um, my son has a medical condition. My son has a severe food allergy. He lives at home. He lived at home last year. He's living at home this year. And she was just very insistent that they, they were almost even going to not allow him to start classes that year because he wasn't in housing. So um, I listened to more of Alphonse. I listened to more other legal shows. I crafted a cease and desist and a notice of liability. And um, I sent that off to the dean, um, to which she replied. And then I sent a 14-page reply to her. And it took five emails back and forth. And finally, the third cease and desist, I stated that I was, you know, we are not litigious, but we will need to take legal action. And within literally less than five minutes, they replied, letting him off the hook of housing. And they made it sound like they're doing us some huge favor. So um, it's doable because a lot of parents are in that position. And, and I know it's different when your kids go out of state. But that was one of my first wins. And then, and then they came back with the COVID nonsense, the testing nonsense. Now, this was in 2020, and they were making all students test for COVID. Now, mind you, the um, lack of common sense here, everything is online. All students are taking online courses. No one is on campus, and my son lived at home. So we just ignored, excuse me, <clears throat> we just ignored the emails. And then uh, we got a letter stating if he does not come in for testing, he won't be able to start courses, at which point I started an affidavit of fact and a cease and desist. And long story short, they dropped that as well. How quickly? Was it quicker the second time? It was quicker the second time. Yeah, I had to send two, two notices because they didn't react to the first one. So he was left off the hook. So they excused him for a whole year. How gracious of them. It's really the, I call it the branch COVIDians. And, and it's, it's a, do they come from wacko? <laughs> well, yes, yes, they do. And um, they are all wacko. And so then no sooner was that done than they started with my other son, who was a senior at that point and started the same thing with him. You have been chosen. It's, it honestly sounded like an email out of the Hunger Games, and he was chosen as tribute. So started the same process, sent them affidavit of fact, a cease and desist, and they excused him for the entire year. How quickly that time? Did you do it in one shot, or did you have to load twice? That one, I, ha I did have to load twice because, again, they ignored the first one. But then, you know, we just got the email. He's been excused for the rest of the year. We should make a point here, Karen. New folks are coming around the whole time. Early on, when we got into the law, it became pretty apparent that most of us so-called Americans had forgotten everything we'd been taught in grade school. This is a nation of laws. If there is no law, there is no issue. What, in fact, has happened to the entire country is that law has been superseded by corporate policy, and corporate policy is now treated as if it is law case in point would be a mandate. The hell is a mandate? Can you please show me the law that gives force of anything to this mandate? Matter of fact, can you show me a law, anything COVIDius minimus related that gives you the power to do any of the things we've gone on, to close a business, to force someone to breathe through a mask, all these things. 
So for all the people catching on now, ask a simple question when you're being confronted with these issues. Is there a law that compels me to do this? Or is this someone's corporate policy? And to make myself perfectly clear, when you get pulled over by a police officer these days, you are being asked to abide by corporate policy. Now, here's where an important idea comes in. Do you want to fight with everyone who violates your rights? Do you want to choose the hill that you fight on? Do you really want to spend your time trying to force the whole nation back to where we've been? Or really is what you're interested in defending your rights on the big issues? Um, And these are things you'll have to ask yourself, because certainly you could fight every one of them that violates your rights, employing corporate policy as if there was a law backing it. And I'll ask, Karen, was there anything that I didn't quite get right in what I just said? No, a hundred percent. And the problem is, is everyone's been so dumbed down that they don't remember a time when that was the norm. Like we came, my parents came to America in the late seventies as immigrants. And, um, you know, they sacrificed a lot to come to this country. So I'm very passionate about liberty, freedom, our inalienable rights. And, you know, there's a reason they say that those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. That's all of us. That's all of us. Yeah. And, you know, my mom at a very young age, uh, this was in Czechoslovakia, which is now Slovak Republic. She watched as Russian tanks rolled into her village and occupied her country. And now we don't have Russian tanks rolling through our city streets, but we have been occupied by the cult of scientism and the tanks of COVID, which have literally rolled into everyone's lives and taken over. And, you know, because of the lens that I view this COVIDious, as you say, nonsense through and because of my background, um, it's made me very aware of the implications and the ramifications of people who don't know the law, who don't respect the laws. And unfortunately, it's, as you said, everyone else who's supposed to be upholding these laws and these liberties, they're not doing it because it has become corporatized. They've been trained improperly. We should make this perfectly clear, too. This is an important point. I'm sorry for interrupting, but you need to be polite when you're enforcing your rights. And there's no reason not to be because you have what's true backing you. When you're doing affidavits, statements of fact, NOLs, all these things, you're doing them because you know you are defending rights, which you actually have. So to be rude to the people who don't know what you know is a mistake. That person sitting in the municipal city hall was trained in the way they were trained. Dollars to donuts, they were trained to enforce corporate policy. That police officer that is pulling me over dollars to donuts. He was trained to enforce corporate policy. I was in law enforcement when I was younger. Things have changed drastically. Back in the day, there were all these rules. If you're going to detain someone that had to happen. And if you did detain them, all of a sudden you had to notify them what law had been broken. If you did not witness the breaking of law, you damn well better have a witness who's going to press charges. All these things had to happen, which are far from us now. So being polite is key to all of this. The goal here is not to beat up the person who's doing the wrong thing. The goal here is to establish and then protect your rights. And I think this is a very, very key point, unless you want to spend your entire life fighting with people. 100%. And in all the documents that I do, because I will always do a cover letter that goes with whatever document I'm helping someone with. 
And we always, I always write, you know, I respectfully decline or, you know, language that's firm, but respectful because you always want to stay in honor. There it is. The minute you're combative, the minute you're rude, you're then belligerent. And then that opens the door for them to do whatever it is that they want to do because you've not remained in honor. Key point. One of the most important things we've said here. So let's get down to it. Let's talk about the tools. Let's talk about the arrows in your quiver. So these days, um, when folks are forced to go to a hospital for one reason or another, and by the way, I wouldn't go there unless my arm was hanging by a thread. What are the tools that are you readily going to be using? Is it an affidavit? Is it a statement of fact? Is it an NOL? How are you approaching the actual act of now I've got to go use this service? Okay. Well, for example, it, it, it depends. I mean, if you are going in for a procedure, then I would contact, I would speak to the doctor, obviously beforehand, and I would send them some documentation, what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do. What would that documentation, what form would it take? What, what would that look like? Well, like my mom had to go in for a procedure. So um, we had a, a conversation with her surgeon. And so just to be sh- certain, um, we then put that into written format. So I wrote a cover letter, you know, per our discussion on such and such day. And just, we just listed everything out. And then um, I made sure that the doctor and all the staff had her power of attorney, which I am her power of attorney, but I attach hospital plans to all of my powers, medical powers of attorney. That's like another thing I do through the medical advocacy that I do. I draft financial durable power of attorneys, medical power of attorneys, but what I incorporate into mine, I use highlighted ink, like blue ink, so it stands out. Everything that you agree and not agree to, whether it's intubation, whether it's receiving any black label product, black box label product, whether it's receiving an injection while you are under, like they're not allowed to do anything. And when you do that ahead of time and you do it respectfully, you'd be amazed. Like this was um, back in 2021 when she had it and you had to wear a mask everywhere. Well, I don't wear a mask. I've never, I'm a gold star member of the non-mask club. (laughs) Well done, man. I'm impressed beyond words. I actually had to wear one for 10 minutes, so I can't even claim that. Yes. And I did so even in an ER. So now I, when I go into places such as that, that are super tyrannical, um, it's, it's a, it's a silly game, right? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So I have little game pieces, which I like to utilize. Um, one of which, and I can email you the picture of it. Um, I wear a lanyard around my neck that says medical notice in it. And it's got, you know, the Office of Civil Rights emblem on it, the American Lung Association emblem on it. And it just says, this mask exemption has been issued to the holder, et cetera, et cetera. And I, so I ordered a lanyard on Amazon. I'm a girl, so it's sparkly. (laughs) And I printed off that little notice and I shoved it into the lanyard and that's what I wear. So like when my father-in-law. Oh, well, fast forward, not fast forward to my father-in-law, but when my mom went in for that procedure, they said, ma'am, you have to wear a mask. And I said, I'm unable to. And she said, well, you can't be in here. And so I lifted my lanyard up and I said, I really appreciate your concern, but unfortunately I have a severe allergy to stultitia and I do have a medical notice. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. No problem. You know, just go ahead and sit over there. So I went, (laughs) so I went and sat. 
away from everyone else. But for those who don't know, stultitia is actually a Latin word for stupidity or foolishness or something along those lines. <laughs> I wondered if you were going to define that this is the ultimate Jedi mind trick. Yes, but when you say it with authority, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing because a lot of people have what I call white coat syndrome or... If you show them anything that resembles something that they deem authoritative, they will defer to that. So if like, I will say a prayer before I go in anywhere, please creator, keep those away from me who seek to do me harm, protect me in all the endeavors that I do today. And it's amazing. It just honestly, it completely works. I walk with confidence. Because we were immigrants and because I was mercilessly bullied when we came to this country, I have pretty thick skin. So um, you can either become a victim or a victor. And gone are the days of sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Now we need safe spaces. You know, where was my safe space when, uh, when I was being mercilessly tortured by, by young kids at a Catholic school of all places? There wasn't. And so it gave me thick skin. Did you ask the Russian tanks for safe spaces? Because, you know, that sounds a little dangerous. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, literally when they came through, my grandfather was forced at the end of a barrel of a rifle to sign over his business. He was an electrician. He had a factory. He had people. He had to sign over all his properties. And so this is one of the reasons I'm so passionate about helping people, even in my small way, just even with these affidavits, because when I get the phone call, oh my God, they just approved my accommodation. Thank you. Thank you. I can sleep at night. Like some of these people haven't slept in months and, you know, they get referred through friends or other people whom I've helped. So, cause like, I don't advertise. I'm just, you know, I'm like I said, like a one woman little army here and just the relief that you hear. And, and I just said, well, you did it. You know, you asserted your rights. These are your rights. You don't have to beg anyone for these rights. You just have to make them realize what they're doing. And, you know, I, I do that through a, a certain kind of a, a process with these documents. But yeah, everyone has just lost their minds and they defer to corporate authority. Corp as you said, corporate authorities become law and that's not legal or lawful. Or defensible, by the way, which, which is why, why people like you bat a thousand. But let's, we're, we're a little more than halfway through. Let's play a quick yes or no game. So I can get a few ideas on the table. Okay. A lot of people come in, they know they need help. They don't feel like they know what to do. All these documents have been written thousands of times over. So yes or no, the documents are already there and most of them can just be adjusted to the situation for anyone in need. Yes or no? Yes. It's not that much effort to recognize what document is needed or for that matter to adjust it to the situation because this has been done so many times. Yes or no? Yes. Anyone can come and explain the situation that they're trying to face and get help pretty quickly. Yes or no? Yes. There it is. These are the top three questions, which so many people email about. Basically, what I'm telling you is a lot of people have done this a lot of times. The documents are existent in some form that is easily modified to fit what you're doing. What you probably don't know is which document to start with, how it's applied, and what it means. And that's where people like Karen come in to help. So what are the, let's just put it on the table, Karen. What are the top two or three types of documents you use? And I'm guessing one of those is going to be an affidavit. Yes. Affidavit of status, affidavit of facts. With the accommodations, affidavit of facts are 
typically the most popular when it comes to getting people their accommodations from their employer. So let's let's define what an affidavit is for people who aren't aware. Basically, what it comes down to is if you submit an affidavit and nobody rebuts it, in other words, nobody reads it and takes the time to write, nope, you're wrong here, you're wrong here, you're wrong here, and the, all this is wrong, which even if they did, you could rebut backwards to say, no, this is actually true, and here's the proof that proves it. But the main point is an affidavit that has been submitted and is unrebutted becomes gospel in a court of law in almost every case. In other words, a judge handed an affidavit that was never rebutted is supposed to say, guess what? This is what's true here. Did I get that right? Pretty much, Karen? Yes. And that's where, you know, some people think that by doing the affidavit, that automatically grants them what you just said, but it doesn't. It's not until if they need to sue the employer or they go through that EEOC which, you know, that's also the fox guarding the hen house. But the um, when you submit that, though, you're all of your proofs. If you're going to do an EEOC claim, for example, and it does, they give you a right to sue letter. You have that affidavit that was unrebutted. They can no longer claim ignorance. And that's with an employer. It's with a hospital. You know, I took that to the hospital, for example, this past December. My, my father-in-law had a stroke and we went in there. I wore my little lanyard. And before they let me into the ER, they said, oh, you have to put this mask on. And I said, well, I showed them my lanyard. I said, I'm unable to do that. And so what, what would you like me to do with this? As I was holding the mask and he said, whatever you'd like. So I hung it on my ear. And so I, it was on my person. So there it stayed. And then, you know, I took all that paperwork that I had, the affidavit of what, you know, they're willing to do for treatment and not willing to do for treatment. And we took that with us. So whether it's a medical situation and they're now made aware or whether it's a corporate situation and your employer's been aware, if they choose to disregard that or ignore you, you then have that as cannon fodder for when you do actually take action against them. Which is almost always never allowed to happen. So let's be perfectly clear about this. Basically, the way I've tried to to describe the corporate smash and grab that is going on is these bullies come into the room and they're six, six and all of them weigh 300 pounds and they start making orders that people become afraid and they follow the orders. A few people say, I don't give a damn how big you are, how much you weigh. Uh, There's no law that gives you the authority. So you do the affidavit thing. Then someone tries to violate your rights after you've done your affidavit and it's gone unrebutted. Karen, I would say twice and the hundreds upon hundreds emails I've received, did anyone ever have to go to court? Because when they were informed that now we're going to litigation, almost every time they dropped the issue or they settled out of court. As a matter of fact, Jason and I and Rose are about to cover a couple who got one of the biggest settlements out of the UK for wrongful job dismissal or whatever the proper thing is. So I'll ask you, have you yet ever had to go to court or has it been at that point where they either knock it off or they go to settle? No, I've, with the affidavits that I've done across the board, they've all been accepted, even at private universities. There was a private university that tried to get the student to get vaccinated. And she was saying, no, no, no. And then they were going to throw her out of school. She was referred to me through someone else. Well, we just, fortunately in Arizona, There's certain laws on the books 
and Senate bills on the books that provide uh, protection from that. Um, there's also a quote unquote um, executive order from the governor. So um, executive orders are kind of like mandates. They really have no power. However, in this case, because it does suit my needs, I used it for that. And they backed off. They allowed her to get an accommodation. And now, mind you, I will tell you a lot of these corporate overlords where the people make a mistake is they are given a form from the employer to fill out if they want to do an accommodation. People fill those out. That is mistake number one. Huge, huge. Let's let's point out why that's a big mistake. Karen, are you born with the rights that you have? Of course, they are God-given. Yeah, do you have to ask someone's permission to exercise those rights you were born with? Nope. So case in point, filling out their little you got to beg us form is basically admitting that you're asking permission for your rights. In other words, you've, in a way, you forfeited them. Yes, by using that form, because then you've given that form validity. But here's the game. You do have to use their form. Otherwise, they'll say, well, you didn't use our form. So hence, you know, we're not going to look at your affidavit as valid. Um, I mean, they'll still look at it, but they'll make a big stink about you not using their forms. So by using their forms, typically on every single line, right, please see affidavit effects, please see affidavit effects. There are some forms I, I worked with with one person. They had a 10 page form, 10 page document the employer required them to fill out. Um, it covered everything from who's your religious leader? Have you ever taken over the counter medications? All of that stuff. For questions such as that, we just write, this question is immaterial to my accommodation for, uh, to my exemption, my religious accommodation exemption. And on all the other lines where they ask questions, please see affidavit of facts. Now you have filled the form out. They may not like what you put in the answers, but you have filled the form out. You submit your cover letter. You submit your affidavit of facts. Ta-da. All done. I mean, this worked with surgeons in, in hospitals that were really tyrannical. Um, this worked in, 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 all corporate, in all corporate entities so far to date. How are you submitting them? This is the key point, too. Are you certifying a letter and the reason I'm asking for everybody listen is there's an idea that if it's certified, it's presumed read when it's received. So what method are you using to deliver an affidavit or anything else to these folks? Well, both methods. Now they're, I'm having them email and use certified mail. So you do, you, you do both during all the quote unquote lockdowns. And when our, you know, all of this stuff actually really blew up and started when the self-imposed king of the United States decided to decree that everyone must be vaccinated and decreed a mandate. That's when all these corporate entities kind of lost their minds and common sense went out the window and they all just fell in line. So like we never needed martial law. No one pushed back. Everyone just fell in line and complied because they were, again, afraid. I never believe in making a decision from fear. If you are afraid of something or you're in a scary situation, you never make a decision right then and there because that's, you know, you're operating from a form of fear and that will never end well. So like I said before, fear is just a lack of knowledge. Once you learn what your rights are, you can overcome that. 
So by using the, the forms these entities like to use and then supplying your affidavits, sometimes you have to send two or three emails. Most of the time, it's just one and done. But during COVID, it was just everything digitally because there was no one there to literally receive the certified mail. By design, everybody listening, shutting the courts to block your due process, closing the ability to get a certified letter. Do you see how the smash and grab works? Sorry for interrupting. No, and they're redefining what it is to legally receive a document. Good point. You know, like they just, as they redefined what is a vaccine, what is this, what is that? They're redefining everything. And so, you know, this is, I, when we look, and, and I know this is off topic, but when you look at resets that have happened in history, I'm wondering if this is what they're doing right now, because when you change language, you change the books, you change how things are reported, and you're making it appear as though it's one thing when really it's another. And we're really in that time. And there's a lot of people, all of your listeners, who are awake to all of this and and edified and, and know better. You know, there's all the bears, there's Fox Day and all his clan. There's many, many other groups who are aware and in the know. Um, just, I mean, all of the guests you've had on have been such a blessing to all of us. But unfortunately, you know, we need to reach out to more and more people and get people edified and open their, their eyes. And unfortunately, that's not possible with a large majority of people. They, I don't know if they're too fluoridated. I don't know what it is, but some people just, they just like to be slaves and wear their masks and, and do as they're told. That's not anyone who listens to you, Crow and Jason. That's not anyone who listens to anything that deals with the good, the true, and the beautiful. So the force has a powerful effect on the weak minded. The truth has been told through Hollywood over and again, but I've got to ask a question here. You know, we've got monkey locks coming down, <laughs> coming yeah. down the way. Uh, what if we find ourselves in another, you know, we're locking down everything. By the way, the post office is closed. Oh, guess what? No more due process. Ports are closed. Have you calculated a way to fill the gap of sending a certified letter if the post office isn't doing what it should be doing? Have you thought about that at all? Well, most of these entities will receive things via email which has become sort of the norm. And it's been except the courts do it. The courts do it all the time. They send documents via email. They no longer send it certified mail. It's absolutely crazy. Whether that it's lawful, it's not lawful. It's not lawful. But they, but they do it. And so when I do work with people and we, we craft these documents, I tell them how to sign. You know, we do the buy and the all rights reserved. And um, I have them email it to the company. CC themselves and CCHR. And then I tell people, print everything out, keep a binder. Because if you get denied access to your email, all the communication you've had to date is gone. You have zero evidence. You need to print and catalog everything. We've heard from so many people who were dealing with their employer. And one day they came in and they were locked out of their email. The whole email chain was lost and they were well, most of them weren't fired. They use tricky language like you're taken off the schedule or some other nonsense. So what Karen just said, take it to heart. That's a very common thing, by the way. If you're uh, no longer with a company, even if you had your email attached to a personal email, that's it. You're not going to get back into it. So you have to think about these things ahead of time. Yes. And, you know, I, 
I had a father who was very, very smart. He's sadly no longer with us. So he wanted to be a doctor. He wasn't allowed to study medicine because my family didn't belong to the communist party. And so he became an engineer, but my dad had a photographic memory. So he was our doctor. He was our lawyer. He actually got my cousin diplomatic immunity. He went to court. And so I think I have his genes as far as this is concerned. He went to court and got her diplomatic immunity with like just a handful of papers. And he stood in his truth. He, he found out what needs to be done. And the reason I was sharing that is the judge told him, Mr. So-and-so, usually attorneys come in here with just binders full of, of information. And he looked at the judge and he said, yes, but this is the only information you really need to make a decision on this. And this is what people have to realize is you don't have to send these companies tons and tons and tons of things. You, you know, it can be two to three pages max, and that's either affidavit, affidavit and cover letter. And I can get into later exactly how I structure mine and what I put on mine and why I believe that makes them so successful versus just standard affidavits. It's because of a process that I use that I think opens the eyes of the dum-dums, either that or it scares them, and then they just wind up approving everything. But it's the content of the information that you provide to them that makes a big difference in whether something gets approved or not. All right. Let me jump in here, Karen, and let me say uh, I'm impressed by you, and we all owe a debt of gratitude to individuals like you because every win that you pull off is a win for everybody, or it could be. Now, I'm going to ask you one more time, please give out the email address that you've created for those people who may need help or to maybe back up in some way to know what to do, to get documents that are appropriate, that kind of thing. Where do they contact you? Right. Okay. So they can email me at crowshow at gmail. So that would be C-R-R-O-W show at gmail. Or they can look me up on Telegram. I'm under Shutsy Bear, <laughs> capital S, capital B. Yeah, I think that that those two. The email, the Telegram. And then there's, you know, all the Telegram groups. If you go into Alphonse's group or Brandon's channel or Randy's, you can go into the file section and, and there's documents there to help you. But but as you said, it's how do I know what document to use? How do I use this document? So when we first started talking, that's what I kind of wanted to make clear to people is that there's people such as myself and other people in all the different groups who can help with that. If you can't do it on your own, you can get us to help you. So for example, I've been on this journey for a long, long time. You know, it took starting to edify myself when my son got so sick and, and getting him well. He's literally, he was supposed to be on three different medications for the rest of his life. He is off of all medications. We still have to manage his condition, but it's doable. So from that to going through a different kind of a spiritual journey to starting to learn all the ins and outs of what's lawful and then having Brandon and Alphonse and KL and everybody else blow the lid off of these processes and make it more accessible to all of us. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to live through all of that and be empowered by it. Now, there might be new people who come in who hear this and say, oh my God, I don't even know where to start. Well, 
you know, those of us who are out there who can help, we'll be happy to help. We, we can guide you or we can do the documents for you and tell you how to use them. But also a point, there's a, it's a key point that you just made there. If you say, I'm not sure what to do, so I'm just going to walk away, you're remaining a target that can be pushed around at will because you don't know how to defend your rights. And that's what this is about. You could almost consider that you're walking around with a bow in one hand and a quiver, but there's no arrows in your quiver. Then you learn an affidavit. Now you've got an arrow. You learn, you know, a notice of viability, a statement that you, you keep gathering these arrows. And after you've learned how to do it, the, the net result of that is not that you've just fended off the immediate problem, but now you comprehend your God-given rights. But what I'm going to do here, Karen, is I'm going to wrap up hour one right here. Uh, Jason, anything you want to add? No, I'm just really happy to hear that uh, you've had success after success, and you're definitely proof that if you stand up, that this could be done. You can fight back. 100% of the time as we speak here. But when we come back for hour two, uh, we're going to take a short break, and you can find hour two at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. It will be posted there for members. We are going to pick up with a couple of Karen's biggest wins to date, which includes beating them at a travel policy they had going on for a Fortune 500, a global Fortune 500. Do you see the power of what we're talking about? When you watch TV, the idea is that a global Fortune 500 has so many lawyers that it is not possible to stand against them. Well, that's just not the truth. That's what TV has turned us into. The truth is, is do you have rights? Is there a law? And what am I going to do about it? There's your truth. Anyhow, I want to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. And we'll see you back here shortly for hour two of episode 421 with Jason Lindgren and Karen covering your rights in the law. There it is, man. Cheers.
is the enemy of knowing. Come.